This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Milwaukee, start your engines. It's time to talk all things racing. NASCAR, IndyCar, trucks, and Formula One. This is the Final Inspection Show with Steve Zaki, Dennis Michelson, and Laurie Monroe from Racetalkradio.com. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. Now, from the David Hobbs Honda Studios, it's Final Inspection on 105.7 FM, The Fan. Here's Steve Zaki. And welcome to the Final Inspection Show live from State Fair Park. Come on down, see us in person. We're at the Goose Island Ale House right next to the Budweiser Pavilion on the Central Mall. And uh, come on down, say hi to us. And uh, got a got a pretty good show today, don't we? Jeff Orlowski is back at our studios in Hills Corners. Yep, absolutely, Steve. Can't wait. Yeah, it should be a fun show. Uh, one thing that we do have that's coming on at the end of this hour is we have Jim Harris on. And Jim Harris is involved with the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame. He's one of the researchers and archivists there, but he's a, a big kind of insider in the world of uh, sprint car racing. We're going to have him on because uh, I think one of the, the the bigger stories that's kind of like underlining underlining you know, what you might see on uh, J-Ski or, or you know one of the other media sites is uh, National Nationals is this weekend and uh, if you're a fan of uh, any type of short track racing this is the the pinnacle the epiphany you name it this is it this is the big one and uh, the big news was that Kyle Larson actually won and uh, they, they raced all weekend long getting to this point where we're at tonight so we've had probably, uh, well, we'll get the total from Jim later, but over 150 cars vying for the 24 or 26 spots that are available in tonight's feature in Knoxville, Iowa. Well, and there's different ways of you can qualify in. You can point your way in. It's kind of complicated. There's points you can accumulate during the, the week. Uh, if you win feature races, you can get an automatic buy. And that's what happened to Kyle Larson earlier this weekend. Kyle Larson won a race, and it was like, okay, I got an automatic uh, uh, entry here. I'm in the Knoxville Nationals, but he didn't get an okay. He didn't know if he was going to be able to race. And then I think it was late on Wednesday, Jeff, I think Chip Ganassi said, kind of raised his right hand and blessed uh, Kyle and said, yeah, come on down. Yeah, it's fine. You can, after uh, practice or whatever, you could fly over to Knoxville because they're in Michigan this week. As you said earlier, and it's not that far of a, of, a, of a flight. Skip over to Knoxville and uh, go run the Knoxville Nationals tonight. And there's a lot of people I think that's pretty cool that uh, got it back, not to the old days, but a few years ago where you see would see guys like Tony Stewart doing that. Casey came to some, to some extent and some of the other guys. So 
But the biggest thing is uh, Kyle Larson is in probably in one of the most competitive cars he's been in in the last few years. What do you think, Jeff? Yeah, I think it's a fantastic move by Ganassi. Uh, you know, it's it's great not only you know just for the fans that are actually going out to the track, but you know, anytime that the the big heavy hitters in NASCAR can go to these dirt tracks, make appearances, and just build the sport of auto racing. It's fantastic. We talked uh, a couple weeks ago about the struggles that these local hometown tracks are having, and it's it's fantastic. Like I said, when a heavy hitter gets there, hopefully the people bring their kids out and get the kids excited uh, about auto racing. You know, we were just at Wilmot a couple weeks ago, and what a fantastic event that was! And it's a huge, huge crowd. Yeah, it's it was. Biggest, it was awesome. Crowd I've ever seen at Wilmot. It was really impressive. Yeah, and, and I'm sure they're going to have the same thing uh, tonight. Oh, yeah, most definitely. And I was out in Knoxville uh, first week in June, and they had USAC sprint cars out there, and that was the biggest crowd they had there on that weekend in probably 10 to 15 years. So there's a little bit of this groundswell. Uh, you know, if, you, if you're paying attention to it, you know, there's people who are saying, yeah, the, it seems like the, short, the, the dirt track short track end of uh, the racing uh, world is kind of seeing an upswell here and we're kind of seeing a little bit of a pushback to uh, what, what's happening in the world of NASCAR you know by with the grandstands and whatnot and I, I think you know I was talking to this uh, to a couple of people last night you know I said you know I wonder if uh, you know a couple of people from NASCAR maybe you know went over to the Ganassi Hall or said you know, hey Chip. You know, this actually might be a good idea for for Kyle to do this and get some, uh, you know, get a little bit of publicity for the Michigan race. Because let's face it, in the past, you know, it was they were the 900-pound gorilla and they didn't care. I, they didn't care. They didn't care about IndyCar, F1, and and you can kind of see that with the media who covers the NASCAR circuit. I've seen it. You know, I've seen it. You know, in, in the media centers, they don't care about the other other series. You know, that's not 100 percent of them, but the vast, vast majority of them. And I and I just wonder if if, if a couple of people or you know a couple of people kind of whispered in, in uh, Chip's ear and said, "Hey, let's get race. It'll be good for the sport." Yeah, you know, and I agree. I think that it's absolutely fantastic. Like I said, I'm I'm thrilled that uh, that Ganassi is allowing it to happen. My only thing is that if I was Chip Ganassi, I wouldn't have let it happen. You know, it's easy for me to say, oh, yeah, go let Kyle Larson run these races, where if he ends up with a broken leg, like with what happened with uh, Tony Stewart, uh, he's going to change his mind real quick, you know. So it's easy for us to sit there and say, oh, yeah, of course NASCAR should allow us or, you know, allow the drivers to go run these tracks when we're not the ones uh, cutting the checks if the guys get hurt. Right. Well, you know, and, but there's another part of me that says you can't, you can't run scared like that. You know, race, and race car drivers don't. And Chip's a driver. Chip drove for many years, and, and he knows the risks and everything. And, and there's also a part of you that right now Larson is in, he, he's having the best year he's had, and he's in a zone. And I think with with him running this, it, it just seems like it seems like the right thing to do. Now we'll probably know in about 
12, you know, 10 to 12 hours, if it was the right thing to do, if he's sitting in the you know, West Des Moines hospital with a broken leg. But, uh, you know, it's, it, it, I, 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 I let the kid race, you know, it, it's, and I, I'm three fronts. Well, it's yeah. It's good. And don't forget, they are sponsor hunting. Right. Right. So, I mean, you want to get, you want this kid to get as much publicity and hits as they can get because then they can go to that sponsor and say, hey, here's Kyle Larson. He got so many hits. He's out of all the NASCAR drivers. This is where he rates the social media hits uh, on the internet. And, and this is a way for him to kind of get those extra hits. Then we put him ahead of somebody uh, like a Matt Kenseth or a Kirk Bush who are also sponsor hunting. Kyle or uh, uh, Casey Kane, all these guys, because uh, we're seeing next year, it seems like they're only going to be in a cup car next year if they bring money with them. Yeah, you know, like I said, I think it's fantastic. My, you know, my caveat is, you know, like with baseball, I was probably one of just a few handful of people that was happy that Corey Knable did not pitch in the baseball all-star game because I don't want him to take a chance getting hurt right, uh, right. in, you know, for an event that, that he's not getting paid, you know, he's, he's not there to do, you know, he's there to pitch for the Brewers. He's not there to pitch in an exhibition game or a game of less significance than any any of the games that the Brewers play. I'm like that with uh, Packer players in the Pro Bowl. So, you know, it uh, just to be consistent. But I, I'm happy. I'm thrilled. I think it's fantastic for the fans, for the track. for every, it's, a, it's a win-win for everybody, especially if he comes out healthy. All right, we got a full show today. Coming up next, we're going to have Lori Monroe from Race Talk Radio. We're going to bring her in and uh, talk about uh, NASCAR. And then at the bottom of the arrow, first, we'll have a sports slash with Jeff Rabowski. And coming back from that, we're going to bring Lori back and we'll uh, talk a little bit more NASCAR with her and then also bring in uh, Dennis Michelson and uh, the point of the still segment. And then, like I said before, uh, Jim Harris, National Sprint Car Hall of Fame, will be talking Knoxville Nationals. That'll take us to the top of the hour. Next hour should be pretty cool. Tony DeZeno from NBC Sports will be joining us. And it's the return of NASCAR Girls Summer Santana, live in person at Wisconsin State Fair Park. She'll be making an appearance on the show. Who knows where the conversation will take us during those segments. And then... Uh, also, we may have an appearance of Sparky. We'll wait to see whether it will be on the phone or in person. So you, you don't know who's going to show up here today at the Goose Island Ale House at State Fair Park. And then at, at the end of the show, hopefully we're going to try and get a hold of Eddie Lapine from RacingNation.com. We'll get predictions in the world of racing this weekend. So you're listening to the Final Inspection Show live from State Fair Park. Brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove and by David Hobbs Honda in Greendale. And we'll be back more with the final inspection show.
Question Show, broadcasting live from the Goose Island Ale House at Wisconsin State Fair Park, next to the Budweiser Pavilion. Come on out and say hi to us. Also, like to thank Great Lakes Dragway for supporting us, along with David Hobbs Honda and uh, Jeff. It's uh, World of NASCAR this weekend, primarily with uh, IndyCar off. They'll be running at Pocono, I believe, next week, and. Uh, Brad Keselowski with the pole for the Pure Michigan 400. Not too much of a surprise. Before it seemed to be pretty, uh, pretty strong there. But it's the uh, one thing that is surprising is Keselowski is her home track. He's never won there. Uh, the Michigan native, uh, whose uh, father I believe won there, might have won there in a truck or Arca race, and I know his uncle won there in a USAC race back in the 70s. And he's never won there. This could be the this could be the race he could win. Or the other one who's in dire need of a win, of course, is his teammate, uh, Joey Logano with the Humbert win, of course. But uh, the other fellow who needs a win is uh, Chase Elliott. And uh, if, if you would say uh, right now, here we are, what? We're, we're in the dog days of summer, I guess you could call. Chase Elliott would not have a win. Yeah, that is pretty surprising, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Uh, you know, it's it's funny that you got the the old Penske uh, front row with uh, Keselowski and Logano. Both of them had well, Logano. He he, you know, he's struggled just absolutely mightily since that whole encumbered finish, uh, and you know, struggled again at Watkins Glen last week. But Brad Keselowski had a chance to to pick up another win at Watkins Glen. Last week, and uh, you know they were just got caught on the whole fuel mileage uh, part of that race, but uh, but yeah, they they look fast, and uh, you know for them to sit there and 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 dominate the front row, it looks like uh, you know those guys might be in for uh, in for a heck of a finish. So we'll, we'll see. You know the Toyotas have obviously been dominating uh, lately, but maybe this is uh, maybe this is Ford's week. Um, you know, I I'm not sure. Uh, Brad did say during the week that uh, he thinks that uh, Toyota has dialed it back for the Michigan race. He was uh, kind of critical, uh, saying that the that the other manufacturers cannot keep up with Toyota. But he said that he thinks that Toyota dialed it back for Michigan this week because after this race, NASCAR tends to take cars right. and put them into. Uh, and test them for aero. So I yeah. thought that was kind of interesting, uh, you know, a little uh, a little dig there at Toyota. Well, it's funny. Yeah, everybody knows it too. I mean, it's funny. It's everybody's kind of going into this race thinking, all right, let's make sure everything's on the up and up because well, they're probably going to be you know impounding our cars after the race. Uh, one note that I did see that was kind of interesting was uh, Matt D. Benedetto failed three qualifying inspection four times. And that's a situation I believe, I, I, I think I know what happened. And it, you know, there's the 32, it's a smaller team. And that's a situation where they, they don't have the experienced crew guys. You may have a couple guys that are on there that that that, that, that know their way around the, uh, the garage area a bit, but they probably got a lot of young guys there. And just something, whatever the inspector was telling the crew, just wasn't making it through. And they, the fail four times—that's kind of—it's kind of amusing. But anyways, 
And then, uh, of course, you mentioned about J uh, Jimmy Johnson and uh, Casey King going to a backup car. Let's ask Lori Monroe from Race Talk Radio. One thing that's kind of bugged me, Lori, is when, when, when cars go to the back, and, and that's fine, I understand that, but when you look at the, when you look at the, the finishing results, they'll say, like, uh, Jimmy Johnson started 19. Why can't they just say Jimmy Johnson started 38th or whatever he was going to start? I just, I just kind of always bugged me why they did that. Yeah, that's, that's a little bit weird. I don't know. I think probably it involves too many mathematical equations <laughs> to go ahead and start correcting everything all the way down the line. I personally love when somebody has to start at the back. Somebody like Kyle Larson, where he ends up, you know, he ends up getting a pit road penalty or something, and then you can pass the field about three or four times during a race. I've always loved that. But why oh, they sorry. don't actually uh, write that up in the actual the race uh, results, the, the layout and everything, I have no idea. I mean, I could see putting an asterisk and saying car qualified 19th or something. Put that yeah. at the bottom of the box score. But, you know, saying that, no, they, he did not, he's not going to start 19th or 18th or whatever. He's going to start, you know, at the back like, uh, with Casey Kane and uh, Jimmy Johnson. So, yeah, I just could never understood that. I was just talking to Jeff before with uh, Chase Elliott. What is going yeah. on with Chase Elliott? <laughs> I don't know. What is going on with all of Hendrick is the bigger question. You know, everybody's down on Dale Earnhardt Jr., the fact that he's not, uh, where he qualify, like 30th or something? Right. Nobody is really running away with this season from Hendrick Motorsport. So that's the one thing, in my opinion, that Chase Elliott has going for him. It's been lackluster across the board, so uh, this could be a good weekend for him, though. I'm, I'm, I'm sort of half optimistic. I'd love to see this kid win, but I just don't know. I, what gets me, though, this whole William Byron thing, what happens when William Byron comes along next year and he starts winning? What does that say about everybody else at Hendrick? Well, of course, aside from Jimmy Johnson, but where does that put Chase Elliott then? And at 25% of the salary of the, of the guy previously. Oh, my yeah, God. No kidding. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, the, the salaries across the top are just being cut by, you know, anywhere from 25 to, who knows, 35, 50, 60%. So it'll be kind of interesting to see how that works out. But, yeah, well, I mean, the Byron situation, yeah, it should be interesting because it's going, to, you know, it's going to be a lot of hit and miss. You're going to see a lot of strikeouts, but you're also going to, you know, there's a good chance you're going to see some home runs. So they, they want the youth movement. They're going to get it next year if you're an NASCAR but fan. That's the whole thing with Byron, though, compared to Casey Kane. We know what we've got with Casey Kane. Yeah. We don't know what we've got with Byron. This kid couldn't come out of the box and just blow everybody away. We just don't know. So Rick Hendrick, I think, probably was a good idea. Well, I mean, it, it kind of does make sense, too, though. But yeah, I did like, you know, you know, Mr. Hendrick goes, well, we're going to try to find a spot for Casey to land. That, you know, that's nice. But, you know, it, it's if I'm a crew guy, though, if, I, if, if I'm a crew guy in the five next year, I'm a lot more excited having William Byron in there. Yeah, than, absolutely. Than Casey Kane. 
I, I kind of have to laugh at what Hendrick did say about Casey Kane, though, about being in the right, what, the right situation he could thrive. He's, this is like something you see on a child's report card from school or the instructions when you buy sea monkeys on, online or something. I just found it very odd that he would stay in the right situation to thrive. Well, I agree, Lori, and that's why I find it odd that Hendrick said that he wants to help find Casey a ride because that's like, uh, you know, having a girl break up with you or and, and I just want to be friends. You know, it, uh, it, it seems the same way. You know, I don't want you to run for my team, but you can run for somebody else's team that I give some support to. It just it seems bizarre. It, it does seem bizarre. But, you know, at the end of the day, it really is all about business. This should be business. And everything that's going on in NASCAR right now, the Dale Jr. Harvick thing, everybody is taking everything so personally. So when a driver, you know, even though Kane has bought out from his last year, even though a driver parts ways with a team, this is just a business deal. So, you know, I, I kind of see it through through Hendrick's eyes. You're there to you're there to make money, and it's nice to be supportive of everybody. And but it just doesn't pay the bills at the end of the day if, if you're not performing. He's crying all the way to the bank. Yeah. As <laughs> that Liberace commercial. Used I wish to say. I was. I am. You and me both. <laughs> uh, Christopher, who, who, I. I would love to see Christopher Bell in that loving car this weekend. Come on, well, baby. Come on. Send some hormones. Send some hormones to, to Jordan. Let's have that kid pop out uh, Sunday morning, let's say about 8 o'clock, right? Could happen. Yeah. I'd love think, to see that uh, kid in the 11 car. Just think happy thoughts that involve the word push. Well, I think that Christopher Bell, I think... Uh, you know, the there's going to be a rivalry and just fierce competition between Bell and Byron for years to come, and it just sets up fantastic for NASCAR. Yeah, and Ryan Blaney, and if Chase Elliott steps it up, Chase Elliott, there's some great kids coming along, absolutely. Yeah, Eric Jones is going to find his way oh, to yeah. victory lane. But are we going to find him a hairstylist? Well, he needs oh one. Oh, my God. <laughs> he needs one. The, the mullet is back, obviously. I think he got it cut, though, didn't he? I think so. I, You know, I, I still I kind of like the mullet. It, it makes me laugh. But that's just for selfish reasons. I mean, trust yeah, me. Yeah, I think I, this is all, it, it's all PR deal, I think. It's all for the sponsor. I, I wish I had as much hair as he had. But, you know, <laughs> you got to well, do something with it, though. Just find some hair, Steve, and comb it a different way. Yeah, that is a lot of hair on that kid. <laughs> and then we have free agency coming up. What's going on with the 43 and Eric Amarola? You know, there's rumors going around that he was taking the uh, the money from uh, Smithville, and going to Smithfield, and going to the 10 car or elsewhere. And now he's saying, well, I could stay here. But... If, if I'm Eric Almirola and I have that deal and I have a sponsor that says, if you want to go to a better car, why aren't you going to do it? Where's the better car? That's, that's the thing. It, I'd rather go with the 10. Yeah. Yep. The 10 okay, would 70, be good. You betcha. 77, right. the 10. Uh, you know, there's a lot of them. 
Because right now, a lot I mean, of them. other than the 32 and a few others, those are the ones that are going to be below the 43. Well, I, I think we all have to wait to see what Matt Kenseth is really, really doing. And you never know. Al Marola could just stay home. He could just stay home and, I mean, oh. home at Petty, yeah, at Petty not he, home. Oh, home, that way. Petty. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, you know, it's it's going to be interesting to see if there's going to be a team out there that's going to be willing to take, pay a driver. Are there any teams out there willing to pay for their driver? Now, we've heard what the 41 car is Bush. Well, wait, 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 wait. Well, we're not going to release some. Um, we want to just renegotiate his contract. Well, then it, I don't think it would have came out the way it would have came out. There's something more there. So, I... You know, there's a lot of things. It, it, it's everybody wants. I can see where Stuart Haas is coming from. If I can get these guys on the cheap, sponsorship money is going down, down, down. I, I, I've been saying this for the last couple of weeks with that rumor going around with the Brian Newman selling the Velveeta uh, sponsorship for a race for $175,000. That's like, whoa, whoa, even less than that, I think it was. But, you wow. know, it, it, it's. It's, it's going to be interesting to see in the next year. Usually this is about the time where, you, well, it used to be in the old days, it was the Charlotte Fall Race. Everybody would make their announcements there. And uh, in the past now, it gets earlier and earlier and earlier now. So. Well, it's going to be really telling for the young drivers if Kurt Busch does go back to the 41 on a renegotiated contract because that contract is going to, you know, basically set the bar. You know, the the young drivers that are coming in on their first rides are going to have to take that 41 contract, probably take 40% of it, considering, you know, Kurt's a former champion and all that. So it might actually kind of set the price for some of these guys going forward. It certainly will. Well, I'll tell you what, let's take a break now. You're listening to the Final Inspection Show. Brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, along with David Hobbs Honda in, in Glendale. And uh, when we come back, we'll talk more with Lori Monroe from Race Talk Radio. And then uh, Lori and Dennis are going to go to the spill, aren't they, in the next segment? Yes, they are. Looking forward to it. And then uh, after that, we'll talk to Jim Harris, the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame. We'll get the latest happenings in Knoxville, Iowa, for the Nashville Nationals here on the Final Inspection Show on The Fan. This is Final Inspection with Steve Zockey. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. On 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, along with our friends at David Hobbs Honda, broadcasting live from the Goose Island Ale House at Wisconsin State Fair Park next to the Budweiser Pavilion. Come on out and say hi to us. We'll be here for another hour or so. And uh, joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, Lori Monroe from Race Talk Radio. And uh, Lori, one thing, uh, one, one landing spot, and it, it kind of makes sense, uh, for Casey Kane, 
will be GMS Racing is uh, they're they're thinking about making a jump to the Cup Series, which does make you know, kind of makes sense because it looks like they may be short on charters for next year. So if I'm GMS Racing, you're putting in a lot of money on the truck and the, on the Xfinity side. Uh, NASCAR is going to be looking for someone to fill up those charters. This makes sense, uh, especially when they're thinking about doing a uh, uh, having a uh, equipment kind of deal with Hendrick Racing, doesn't it? Yeah, and that's what they said with the uh, uh, an affiliation with Hendrick. And you know, I suppose it would be sort of uh, keeping in the family. And I suppose with Rick Hendrick, he might not feel as bad. <laughs> With Casey Kane going there, because you still would have him, uh, you know, with a shoulder to cry on there. So it would be interesting. I don't know how excited Casey Kane would be about being with a startup team. I suppose he's been uh, quoted as saying it would be all right to, to try and help build. But, you know, when you're stepping out of Hendrick equipment back into quasi-Hendrick equipment, you still want to be able to perform well. And whether Casey Kane is still capable of doing that, you know, I kind of think he is. Look, he went and he won the Brickyard. It all comes down to equipment with these guys. You've got drivers that allegedly are underperformers and they're never going to amount to anything. You just look at the wheels that they got under them. And Kind of losing Lori here. Yeah. Uh oh. Yeah. Well, I was, you know, I mean, yeah, he's in Hendrick equipment, but uh, yeah, I, I was making a joke after the Brickyard 400. Like I tweeted, uh, I said, Mister Hendrick, just so you know, you own the, the number five car because it, it 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 hasn't performed like a Hendrick Motorsports car has it over the last few years. Oh, actually, last few years, going back almost 20 years, it seems like the the number five car was always the redheaded stepchild. But, uh, Laura, you want to just uh, lead us into your uh, segment here coming up with Dennis? Uh, yeah, just that last month with uh, Dennis Michelson. We're going to pull something up uh, that everybody loves to hear. All right, looking forward to that. You're listening to Lori Monroe on Race Talk Radio. And uh, we're coming back up here with the segment, uh, one of my favorite segments of the blowing of the still from RacetalkRadio.com. Make sure to check their stuff out. Welcome back to the final inspection. 105.7 FM, the fan, Dennis Michelson, Lori Monroe from Racetalkradio.com. It's time to talk some NASCAR, and you know what that means. Yes. The best musical choice in Milwaukee all weekend. Because it is time to blow up somebody's still... Laurie Monroe, tell the good folks of Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and around the world on the interwebs how this all works. Well, around the world and on the interwebs and all over Milwaukee, Wisconsin, if you have something that's upset you in the week of racing, head on over to racetalkradio.com, fill out the form. We will possibly include you in an upcoming still blowing right here on this very station. Send us an email. You can do it all from racetalkradio.com, the form, whatever way you want to send us, whatever has upset you, we will gladly accept it. How about that? That's just how we are. 
We're very, very accepting. And I have something to blow up this week that really, really bothered me. Probably close to the last, I don't know, 20 laps or so of the Watkins Glen race. And it has to do with the TV coverage. Why, when we're watching the race live... Do they have to all of a sudden do all these flashbacks to race a race at the same track from last year, the year before, or 30 years ago? And they have the picture 14 times bigger than the actual action on the track. They squish down the the real live action and either go to a a completely different screen or have it uh, side by side. And you don't even know what you're watching. They're showing, they're spending more time showing historical events than what's actually happening happening on that very day. Is the racing that bad? They have to look back when you've just about got no laps left in a race? Apparently, we didn't get enough mayhem to make them happy. It's crazy. It's absolutely nuts that we have to endure watching old stuff when there's new stuff happening. Lee Diffie didn't even get a chance to say argy-bargy all day. I know! <laughs> That's when you know it has not been a typical Watkins Glen wreck fest. When you don't get to hear the words argy-bargy. Argy-bargy. That is a great still to blow up. Oh, it really, It honestly, it really bothered me. I didn't oh, like that. No, that's a good thing to be not upset about. Not there for a history lesson, people. No, and overall, I actually enjoyed the television broadcast that we saw. Mike yes. Bagley who I've had my issues with on, uh, you know, some of the things that he says and how he sometimes berates the fans. He is a superstar when it comes to announcing races. There's no doubt that Bagley carried that broadcast. Yeah, he's in his element, and he he came across great on TV as well. Yeah. I just as soon put him in the uh, play-by-play booth full-time and let Rick Allen do uh, track and field full-time. I heard him on my local news. They did a clip of the whatever event he was at. And I'm thinking, that sounds like Rick Allen. Yeah. Yeah. And and the reason they made him their expert on that is because when he was in college, he was a three-time letterman in the decathlon. That's it? That's it. He's not kept up with the sport in, (sighs) you know, over the years. But, hey, he was a decathlete, so he's now the track and field expert. They're just grooming him for the Olympics. That's Yeah, all you're doing. probably right. And there's no denying he's got an incredible voice, an absolutely yes, incredible does. voice. Yeah. Yes, he does. Well, my still, I'm blowing up Kevin Harvick this week. Good move. Thank you. Kevin Harvick had the audacity to blame Dale Jr.'s lack of performance for NASCAR's rating woes and attendance woes? Where the heck did that come from? (laughs) I was astonished to hear it. I know. Remember back, though, I don't know, two years ago, three years ago, the very same thing was said by Brian France, though. Yeah, yeah. And that just stunned me at at that time. And now Harvick coming out with this. I'm thinking, holy cow, really? You know... All sports are suffering. All sports on TV are suffering. Yet Dale Earnhardt Jr., he hasn't become a champion. This is the absolute demise and downward spiral of the sport of stock car racing. Give me a break. Oh, I was I was disgusted by what I was hearing yeah. that he said. Because, 
Okay, great. You got a radio show. You need to boost the ratings by doing something outrageous or saying something outrageous. Don't pick on Dale Jr. Well, you know, ever since you mentioned it, ever since we've been on the air and you just don't have like the gold plated headset, this is why our our ratings aren't just as good as they should be. Well, maybe it we makes need about to... as much sense. Yeah, maybe we need to start some nasty rumors of our own. You Can know, we? Maybe have somebody come on here and say that Kevin Harvick is secretly a cross-dresser. I don't know what we got to do to to get better ratings. Well, we'll Delaney does wear the pants in the family. This or the fire very, suit. Very <laughs> the family. Very, very true. <laughs> All right, Delaney wears the fire suit. That's what I'm trying to say. Oh, my God. And and you said that quite well. So, Lori Monroe, who still gets blown up this week? I'm hostile over what Harvick said. I think it's it was just out of line. I want to go with yours. All right, General Mattis, bring in the B-52s. Show them fire and fury like the world has never seen before. <laughs> ah, that was a good start. I like that. Yeah. Now are you going to get everyone upset at you over that? I'm sure I will. But at yeah. least we have two outrageous things that we said to boost our ratings. Awesome. <laughs> well, it is time for the NASCAR news before we call it a day. And one of the worst kept secrets in the world is out. William Byron will be in the number five at Hendrick Motorsports. Alex Bowman, of course, in the 88. Who's going to have the better rookie year? Oh, boy. You know, we know what Bowman can do. We really don't know what Byron can do in a cup car. So I'm just going to throw caution to the wind. I'm going to go with what everybody's saying about this uh, little Billy Byron that we, we've, we've sang songs about for the last two years. I'm going with Byron as having a better season, even though he's in the tainted uh, car of Casey Kane. I'm going with Byron. And yes, folks, I know Alex Bowman will not officially be a rookie at the Cup Series because of the number of races he's run in the past. I meant rookie year at yeah. Hendrick Motorsports, and I think it's going to be quite a battle. You know, it, it probably will be a battle, but I just, I'm really, really curious to see what Byron can do. Really curious. Also in the NASCAR news, the word from Danica Patrick, the word from the 77 team are exactly the same. We'll be back next year, depending on sponsorship. <sighs> yeah, that doesn't sound good for either, but I I actually have more confidence that the 77 will have somebody in it than Danica coming back next year. And I don't think it'll be Danica in the 77. I, I really think we could possibly see Danica moving on. She's got all these other irons in the fire. Her warrior that's going to be on her car. Was it going to be on her car this week, I think? Her, I think so. uh, her clothing line or whatever it is. You know, she's got a lot to do. You know, she's got other stuff. And I don't know. We, we just might be seeing the last of her. I don't expect Danica back. And I don't expect the 77 team back next year. It's just that. Oh, simple. come on. Also in the news, Watkin Glen, uh, their track president, had a little sit-down with the fans on Saturday last weekend. And he was very vocal about what he heard about the start time of the race. 25% of the fans that he talked to 
at a special meet-and-greet event said they would not renew their tickets for next season unless the start time is moved back to a more traditional start time. Is TV uh, for blame for some of the bad attendance at the tracks with these late start times? Well, I think you can blame TV for the late start times everywhere. So I guess uh, just follow the trail and, yeah, you can blame TV on it. But, you know, I, I'm sure the tracks would like to, you know, to, to make as big a day of it as, as humanly possible. So, you know, they, they'll do whatever they can, but they still got to answer to TV. Also in the news, six Chicago artists competed in a knockdown drag out Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle mural competition over the past week. And the winners have been announced. It's a tie. Tubes and Max Sansing won and will co-design the Cup Trophy at Chicagoland Speedway. Are these like kids or adults or what are they? These are Chicago area artists oh so just artists well that's yeah. kind of interesting yes. um the the trophy they've had in the past with the turtles on it i think is has been pretty cool the fact that you know it's the name of the race you got to have something that represents it i don't know how crazy they can get but i don't know i think it'd be kind of cool might be kind of fun to see what they yeah. come up with but again chicagoland speedway doing a good job of glad they're coming of out of their shell there you nicely go nicely done larry monroe also in the news, no track compound will be applied at Michigan this time around, but they will be dragging the track with the tire dragon. Lori Monroe, who is your pick to click out at Michigan? Well, I'm just throwing caution in the wind. I'm going to go with Dale Earnhardt Jr. Can you imagine if he actually won? Oh, that would be exciting. Yeah. That would be exciting. Well, I actually had Dale Jr., as one of my possible picks. Really? Yes. If you took my number one pick, which is, no surprise, Martin Truex Jr. Yeah. Yeah. So Lori Monroe picking Dale Jr. I'm picking Martin Truex Jr. Those are our picks to click for Michigan this week. Thanks for tuning in to the final inspection. 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to the Final Inspection Show, broadcasting live from Wisconsin State Fair Park at the Goose Island Alehouse off the central, I guess you could call it Central Square, Central Mall if you want, next to the Budweiser Pavilion. Come on out, stop and say hi. I'd also like to thank our friends at Great Lakes Dragway and David Hobbs Honda for supporting the show and joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. Sprint car researcher, historian, you name it, he is Mr. Sprint Car. Jim Harris, welcome to the show, sir. Thank you for having me. Jim, this is it. This is the big night if you're a sprint car fan. It's the 57th uh, annual 5-Hour Energy Knoxville Nationals presented by Casey's General Store in Knoxville, Iowa. And kind of give uh, give the listeners a, a taste of just how big. 50 years. Oh, uh, yeah, it's, uh, grandstands are back. Two uh, of the last three nights have been very good crowd brings a lot of money into the community um, it's just a great event to have here 
It certainly is, and uh, the, the heritage and, and the drivers that have, have raced there and won there are, are very long. But uh, lately it's been uh, the Donnie Shots show who runs for somebody the listeners may know or uh, may have heard of. That's Tony Stewart, and he certainly has cleaned up uh, recently. But uh, this year there's an air of, uh, well, looks like we got some, uh, he's got some pretty decent competition coming in. And, of course, the big news, of course, is uh, Kyle Larson running tonight, isn't it? Yes, yes. Uh, that's, that's putting more people in the stands. Uh, he is starting a little far back. And, uh, uh, Donnie's on the front row, and David Gravel, who's just had a tremendous year with the Outlaws this year, he's right beside him. And you go to the second row, you got Brad Sweet, uh, and then you go to a couple of local guys who have been doing well. But Kyle's back there in ninth spot, and I've seen him race enough to... Uh, figure he's coming to the front so uh, uh, 50 laps and you got a lot of time to get to get up there so barring anything unforeseen I look for him to be there yeah and then of course you got uh, tonight you got the, the C and uh, B mains uh, for guys that are able to transfer up into it of course one of our guys who was on last last week is starting on the pole for the C main that's Bill Baylog local right. favorite here we wish him the best and uh it's it's one of these situations where even if just getting to, into the B main, I mean, you you got to be a heck of a driver and have a heck of a car to make it that you know that deep. How many how many entries were there this year for the? Uh, just short, just short of hundred. Just like short of hundred. End of ninety seven, I think, is what the final was. Wow. So, yeah, Bill Bill worked his tail uh, off last night. He uh, uh, to get up to the position to be the start of that. Uh, uh, feature there tonight. But he, yeah, he had a good night. Uh, the other one you got from Wisconsin, actually, it's a car owner. But, uh, he's on the pole of the B. I took an Anderson out of South Dakota's driving Brandon Thumb's car. Uh, they've, they've been good all week. They've been good last half of the year around Knoxville on a regular basis. So uh, Dustin can get yourself fried with a Wisconsin car owner there also. Excellent. And then... Uh... Yeah, Brian Brown and Terry Maccaro, too. Look at the, the, now, these are guys that run Knoxville full-time for the weekly races. Right. Brian Brown ran very well the last few years. Uh, do, do these guys have a legitimate chance actually winning this thing? Oh, so Brownie? Uh, they, yeah. started, they started fifth, and you just never know. One, one thing about him, he never quits. He's going to go until uh, he can't get there, where it just seems like some guys will coast after a while. He's going to be all over him, but he's got it. So, hey, you just never know. He's got good equipment, good sponsors, uh, good crew, and uh, uh, he's, he can be there. It's, uh, it's, hard to, it's hard to beat those outlaw guys and so on, but uh, yeah, it would be a nice to have a local guy uh, pull this thing off again. It's been many years since that happened. So, Certainly uh, has. It would it, be good. Yeah. We're talking to Jim Harris, sprint car historian on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. So uh, I, I think David Gravel, I mean, it's been very, very impressive. Uh, I think he, he, he's under a lot of people's radar who's not following the sport a lot this year. Uh, right. But I think it, the insiders, I think that might be the pick uh, tonight. But who's, your, who's, who's Jim's hair, Jim Harris's pick? Well, my pick is with, right, I hate to go against Scott. I get all right. these fools, and every year I kick myself when I don't take him. But uh, <laughs> you know, he, he's going to be there. But I think Gravel is uh, 
gravel is a rock at our qualifying night. And yeah. uh, uh, he, he's, that car has just been good all year, really. And I think their second feature wins on the outlaw circuit. So, uh, but it's hard for me to bet, want to bet against Scott. So I don't have one of them features that says anybody but Scott. So uh, <laughs> if, he, if he wins it, he earns it. He earns everything he's ever had. So uh, I, I, I put my money there. But, and anybody, I think anybody in the top three rows has got a really good chance to get it. Excellent. Well, thank you, Jim. We appreciate you coming on the show. I'm looking forward to it. I'll be making my annual per- pilgrimage down to Hammond, Indiana with the watch it on pay-per-view tonight. And, of course, you'll be there live in person. Should be a good show, and uh, thanks for coming on the show. Appreciate it. Yeah, I really, really appreciate that. Enjoy it. Thank you. All right, that was Jim Harris with uh, the Sprint Car Historian. He's also a researcher at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame in Knoxville. All-around good guy. I'd like to thank him for coming on the show. Uh, it's time now for Splash Sports Flash. When we come back, we'll be talking to Tony DeZino from NBCSports.com. And it's the return of NASCAR Girl. Milwaukee, start your engines. It's time to talk all things racing. NASCAR, IndyCar, trucks, and Formula One. This is the Final Inspection Show with Steve Zaki, Dennis Michelson, and Lori Monroe from Racetalkradio.com. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. Now, from the David Hobbs Honda Studios, it's Final Inspection on 105.7 FM, The Fan. Here's Steve Zaki. And hey, welcome back to the Final Inspection Show, broadcasting live from the Goose Island Alehouse on the Central Mall at Wisconsin State Fair next to the Budweiser Pavilion. I'd like to thank our friends at Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. Make sure you get out there this weekend. The weather is fantastic. They are just uh, getting into their zone, so to speak, out there with drag racing out there every night throughout the summer. And make sure to check out our friends out at Great Lakes Dragway and then also David Hobbs Honda 6100. North Green Bay Road in Glendale for all your Honda needs. Joining us in the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, it's Tony DeZino from NBC Sports. Welcome to the show, Tony. Hey, Z-Man. Happy Saturday. And, uh, yeah, stay fair day. We sat there yesterday, I think, or earlier this week. So it looked like a good crowd, good turnout. Okay, it's the question everybody has to ask. What did you eat? Oh, cream puffs, no question. Did you try the cricket nachos? That's what I want to know. Who has I, tried I did, the cricket nachos? I did not try the cricket nachos. I wasn't going to go beyond the cream puffs. But yeah. That is the voice, of course, of NASCAR girl Summer Santana, who I was just about to introduce, but she jumped the gun on me. That's fine. We're well, talking about state fair food, and I am very... You had to bring up the cricket. I did, because I want to know who has tried it, either the cricket nachos or the cricket chips. And apparently everybody that I've pulled hasn't. No. There's no reason to eat crickets. We don't live in a third world country. It's a very good source of protein. Yeah, well, we don't need I, I don't think that we're any of, I don't, if you looked at the crowd out here at State Fair, I don't think they're lacking in protein. <laughs> Maybe Tony, but. <laughs> Tony might be lacking eh. in protein. There's there's always improvements you can make on the protein front, but uh, I had I had envisioned cricket as a as a way to fix that. Well, I tell you what, if you do the uh, uh, Paris to Dakar rally or something, I think then you can have your cricket nachos. There there you go. So, yeah, we so, that's always a January event. Never fails. With, 
Would that be a winner's meal or a loser's meal? I, don't know. I think that's a winner's meal because you're just surviving the desert at that point, right? Yeah. And it takes a lot out of you, so you need to replenish, and you need to replenish as much as you can in such a little time. And, I mean, who doesn't like nachos? Everybody loves nachos. See? Stick some cr- oh, crickets on there, and you're the good. Highlight of the, it's a highlight of Texas Motor Speedway, apparently, when they say that the most famous words there outside of gentlemen start your engines are, ladies and gentlemen, the nacho bar is open. I learned something. I learned something last week, Tony. When when you make when you want to make a point, don't don't or when you're picking making predictions like we were last week with uh, Eddie Lapine, you should just go with your gut. And I wanted to go. I wanted to go with my young Brazilian friend, and I didn't. And I got that's what happens. So tell uh, us about last last week at uh, Road America. Yeah, um, the IMSA series wrapped up at uh, Road American for the first time this year. A Cadillac didn't win overall. Um, young Pipo Durrani, the Brazilian kid we're mentioning, has uh, broke through for the Nissan Patron on-rope team, so Scott Sharp's group. So it was a good good pass to the outside of Jordan Taylor with about 30 minutes to go. Made, made the pass. They're, those guys, the Taylor brothers, are trying to win the championship, so they didn't necessarily need the win as much, but... Uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a good ending. It was nice that the rain held off. Um, definitely a better crowd than I was anticipating, for sure. Uh, a nice shower kind of halfway through would have been cool. It might have spiced it up a little bit. The first half was a little off, kind of like lacking in entertainment, but it got better in the second half. As it usually does at Road America. Michael Andretti, Honda or Chevy? I think Chevy. I think it's uh why is this it's not a so foregone long? conclusion. It's pretty close. Is it because they're worried about losing Rossi and Sato, isn't it? Eh, not even that so much. I think it's more of a financial-type possibility and really kind of a balance of power type situation. I mean, it's kind of got the IndyCar silly season in a bit of a holding pattern where we've had a month of talking, and you know, until, until that gets you know, provided that's what happens, then that's where everything starts falling from there and kind of it really will kick off round two, I guess, of, of the domino effect. Uh, all this while the championship battle is still going on and Sato still mathematically, although not really realistically, has a shot at it. This is where it's going to be kind of like musical chairs and all the announcements are going to kind of, most of the, the majority of the announcements are going to happen at once. Yeah, it's, it's basically like when one happens, then it could be two, three, four, five, all within a you know, two to three week period as everyone kind of snaps up what's left. Um, it's interesting, in NASCAR, that's been kind of what's happened over the last month or so, and it's been a crazy silly season. I'm sure Sparky and Summer, you know, followed it more than I have, but, you know, we haven't really seen a youth movement in IndyCar quite the same way we're seeing it in NASCAR, and, you know, I think... Joseph Newgarden's success has kind of given rise to the young gun in IndyCar. We won't get to that point yet until we start seeing all the all the dominoes fall. Um, what what else is happening? This is kind of a lull. I mean, you've got F1 off for the next what, three four weeks before they come back to Spa. So I'm, I'm seeing these. It's funny because you see these little PR trips. Now, now who's this? Who's this driver from, uh, I just saw, I think, a, an IndyCar, uh, Linus or Linus? 
Renus, yeah, the, uh, the Dutch kid. Renus. The Dutch kid, the yes. One. Yeah, the, the Dutch kid, Renus Van Kalmfoud, but he goes by VK under American. It kind of Americanized his name. Uh, he's a 16-year-old kid that's in the USF 2000 series, which is kind of like the A-ball of IndyCar. So on the Moss Road, you've got USF, you've got Pro Madison, and Indy White. This kid's uh, second in the championship. He's 16 years old, finished between first and fourth in every race but one this year, and he's 13 points out of the championship lead. How is he not leading with that kind of record? The guy that he's chasing is on like six or seven races, and he's only won two. So he's a really talented prodigy, but you know this is kind of the year, like you part of the year where with IndyCar not racing, you know they're back next week in the Pocono. You've got tests, uh, you've got new car stuff, and then you've got I don't want to say filler, but you kind of it's a good opportunity time of the year to give guys that you might not have paid attention to earlier in the year some impress because you know otherwise you get kind of lost and buried on a race weekend and it goes. You know, we're, we're waiting to see what, what comes next. So this is kind of a good time of year to, to play catch-up in that regard. And then uh, local slant, I forgot to mention before with uh, last week, with Performance Tech Motorsports and James, Fren James French and Pat Award winning uh, last week in El at Road America 2. And James French, of course, local driver from Sheboygan. And Pat Award, uh, interesting because he's teammates with our official up-and-coming driver, who's now in the D-Lights. Yeah, it's, um, that was Aaron Hewitt, right? He said, he said Superstars, our, our friend, colleague, called him. Yeah, it was good to see those guys get another win. They've, um, they've gone a perfect 7 for 7 this year in that class, the last year of it, and they clinched their championship race early. Um, good for Frenchie. He's been, the dude's blog, I don't know how many, tens of thousands of laps and miles at Road America, but uh, he never actually won a professional race there until last week. He kind of made a joke that, oh, you know, we were going to have a party at my parents' house, but they're not down for that, so I hear they have some establishments in the nearby Elkhart and Sheepkins and, you know, the Tiki Bar, but he's like, oh, I've never been there. Yeah, sure you haven't, and you haven't yeah, had a race right. in either, so... Mm -hmm. um, and Pato's had a good year for himself, too, because I was kind of hoping he'd be in open wheel full-time, but his, his Indy Lights deal was only for a couple weekends. Um, really, really fast young Mexican driver. only, I think, only 18 years old, so he's got a really bright future ahead of him. He certainly does. And, uh, and then, uh, of course, the Acura released uh, their teaser video for their new prototype. What do you, what do you think about that? Looks good. Looks pretty. Looks pretty promising. The front, uh, the front end section looks really different with how they've bolted the nose of it. So it's kind of similar to how their NSX looks. Um, it's not based on that. It's they're calling it the ARX05, following their past naming of prototypes. They'll unveil that formally next week in Monterey at the Monterey Automotive Week. So um, that'll be interesting because that'll be kind of a cross promotion where. IndyCar is in one place, but Acura has this other thing going on, too. So, exciting times. Um, we heard Pipo's name rumored for the Penske seat possibility. Um, you know, that's really kind of the first sports car name that we've heard mentioned publicly beyond the IndyCar guys. So, um, I don't know if they're going to announce drivers with that yet, but um, I wouldn't be surprised to hear the release name one or two uh, to go along with the car launch. And uh, I must say, uh, love your article with uh, J.R. Hildebrand about the safety tweaks. Because I think he's, he's, J.R. kind of comes out on my, my feeling. We kind of seem we're on the same page here. 
Let's not just start throwing stuff on cars to improve safety. Is that what I'm getting out of this article? Yeah, that's that's exactly it. Uh, JR is by far one of the smartest dudes I've ever met in racing. I've known him for 10 years. I've gone back to the Atlantic, Indy Lights, just winning the championship there. And the guy's got basically he's an engineer by trade. You know, he, he teaches STEM classes. He's a, you know, a, an adjunct professor at Stanford, you know, in his spare time. He could have gone to MIT if he wanted it. But, you know, I, I figure if you're going to talk to JR, most people are going to talk to him about silly season. You know, does he have a ride next year? We don't know. It's hard to say at this point. But he was pretty instrumental in the initial testing of the 2018 stuff last year. He kind of knows how important it is to be methodical. I think he used the word iterative at one point. I was like, how many race car drivers use the word iterative at any point? So um, he's a really sharp cookie, and I think you always learn a lot uh, talking to him. So it was good to get kind of his take on that because – we're, we're, as the year goes on, we're going to have drivers, you know, explaining what they think the new car is going to do, how it's going to look, what enhancements are going to come with it, and, and he's usually a pretty sharp voice to, to add his expertise on that. Yeah, I mean, because I, I think with, with safety, it's, sometimes it's actually good to be proactive in certain ways, and uh, you look at F1, where they were going with their noses, with the raising of the noses off the ground so much, that was that was leading itself to if it happened, which it didn't decide intrusion issues which is brought up in this article and I thought it was interesting that, that F1, I applaud for taking that action and plus not only that, making them look back bringing them back to a normal looking car, because I wasn't a big fan, I don't think anybody was with uh, I mean, that, that the roots of that aero design goes back to I think 1991 with Tiro but with the, the raising of the nose and uh, what, I mean, that could be a big problem. And F1 saw it with, regarding side intrusions. And, uh, you know, hats off to them. And I just think, you know, we, we talked about this in the past with the, uh, with the cockpit protection. And I also spoke with this with David Hobbs, a Formula One expert. Racing's dangerous. And unfortunately, you know, bad things happen and you can't protect everything from everything. And, you got to have that air of danger. And the guys that's, that strap themselves in know it. Yeah, and that's what separates them from, from us. You know, we can be the, the schmuck right. guys on the sideline talking about it, but, you know, they're out doing it. And it's really impressive what they put themselves through. I don't mind there being, you know, more safety improvements. I don't think anyone really does. But at the same point, you know, uh, you cover it long enough that danger element is still a selling point, and you hate to say mm-hmm. it, but sometimes it increases the ratings, it increases the stage views when you've got something of that caliber you're talking about. So that's, that's kind of the balancing act, right? Because you want to have, like you see with the Halo and F1 is the same thing, that could be interesting. And we'll see when the windscreen or aero screen or whatever they're going to call it in IndyCar comes out later this year, uh, how that's going to work. Because I think you don't want it to impact what's good and you also don't want to have the guys get have their vision or something get blurred as a result of that so that was kind of the issue that f1 raised with the aero screen a couple weeks ago when they tested that so um yeah interesting times ahead for sure as kind of these series move forward on their safety changes but you know that that balancing and what makes them great is how cool they are able to do what they what they do uh compared to the rest of us who are just watching on the sidelines and what's next for tony dezino 
We have, um, let's see, we got a three-week in a row IndyCar stretch coming up. So Pocono, Gateway, and Washington Glen all to come. So um, after the kind of nice little mini break here, it'll, it'll get back to business. Back to business, rather, uh, in the next couple weeks. You'll be on the road for all three of those? Not at Pocono. I have a colleague in Pennsylvania who'll be at that one, but the last three from Gateway, Washington, Sonoma in mid-September. So, yep, so one more week one more weekend at home and then go from there. Excellent. Hopefully we'll be able to chat next week. Sounds good. That's Tony DeZino from NBCSports.com. Make sure to check out his stuff on the Motors tab up on the top. When we come back, we'll be talking to NASCAR girls, Summer Santana, on the final inspection show broadcasting live from the Goose Island Alehouse at State Fair. This is Final Inspection with Steve Zockey. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove on 105.7 FM, The Fan. Island Ale House at State Fair Park, right off the Central Mall, and brought to you by Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, along with our friends at David Alexander, broadcasting live, sitting next to, yes, the one and only NASCAR girl, Summer Santana. Welcome back to the show. Thanks. I feel like everyone that's cheering is cheering for me all of a sudden. I think they are. You can go a little bit closer in your mic. Well, I was too hot before. I Jeff know. just doesn't know. Well, He's not used to it. Part of it is I, I have the controls here, but I'm not going to fool with them because oh, it'll be you don't want to touch stuff. There'll yeah. be a fire, and we'll be off the air. It'll be just off on it. Yeah, so just blame me. That That's fine. I, I do set things Jeff. on fire and short-circuit electrical appliances. So, uh, Jeff, this my is stove broke yesterday, by the way. Your what did my LCD circuit board on my stove because we have an LCD screen Why did thing? You do that? Did you throw something I didn't know, I didn't know. No, no, not my stove. I love my stove. Okay, does your stove love you back? It does because it does everything that I want it to do. Like, I have the preset thing on where like I can sit there and I can throw vegetables in it and it'll turn on while I'm at work and it'll cook it. Oh, you and got the timer thing, and yeah, the delayed start and the bacon, everything. I love my stove. I love my stove. Um, no, it's, it, it flashed an error code. It said F11 error, which normally wouldn't be a problem. But the fact that, you know, when you set a timer on a stove, it just constantly goes, beep. Right. That's what it does. So it's, it didn't even give us a warning. And I'm very upset about that. It's, it's like, normally. It, it is giving you a warning. That's. Well, morning. no, but normally I would think that it would, like, let you know ahead of time you know, that I'm it gonna might be, be going. I'm going to be breaking down on next Thursday. Is that what you want? Well, yeah, because, you know, like, electric, <laughs> electrical pro circuit boards and stuff, they kind of let you know that they're not working. Now, your husband is an electrician, and uh, did he tell you that like, when electronic things go, they don't warn you? They just blow. He, no, he hasn't told me that. He probably should. On behalf and of, yeah, on behalf of your... That's probably why I married an electrician, so he can fix all my electrical current that I have ruining things that are electrical. Jeff, I'd like to report a, a case of child abuse. What? 
Correct. Oh my okay. goodness gracious. Yeah. Yes. Her little precious is, is, is here with a Dallas Cowboys. My three-year-old, which has a personality of like a 10-year-old, he is roughly about maybe, he looks like a five-year-old maybe. Everybody always thinks he's a five-year-old. I let him dress himself because there's very small decisions that he gets to make each day. And so I asked him, I said, what do you want to wear today? He goes, I want to wear my shirt that has the whistle. I go, what are you talking about? He goes, the whistle shirt. I'm like, oh, your Dallas Cowboys shirt. He goes, yeah, mama. There's I go, okay. whistle on it? Yeah, because he's a coach. Where's the whistle? Is it built in? Yes, thankfully he can't whistle or he can't use it. But no, it's just it's just a decoration on the shirt. Oh, it's a, like a, okay, it's yeah. like a screen It's like a printed. screen print whistle gotcha. thing it says Dallas Cowboys and on the back it says coach we got it when I went last year to uh Texas when I went to the Dallas Cowboys Stadium interesting cops are on I, the way Steve don't worry I won an award last year I heard that yeah so I am an award-winning person too. not for parenting if you're letting a kid wear cowboy gear does anybody <laughs> really win an award for parenting <laughs> good point those those awards uh, that that comes later when they're taking care of you when you're about to check out. Oh, <laughs> that's how that works out. It, it, everything's a big circle. I see. See, your parents take care of you in diapers, and, and then the you take care of your parents when, when they're, they're in diapers, diapers and bottles. It's and a big yeah. circle. Yep. Yeah. Some days I feel like that's coming sooner than later. Well, when we come back at the final inspection show, broadcasting live from Goose Island Hills, we're going to be talking about what Kevin Harvick said about Dale Earnhardt Jr. caused some controversy this week. And uh, we'll get the NASCAR Girls Summer Santana's take on it. We'll get Jeff's take and my take, and we'll go from there. So you're listening to the final inspection show, broadcasting live from State Fair Park. Time now for a sports flash. Broadcasting live from the Goose Island Ale House on the Central Mall at State Fair, right next to the Budweiser Pavilion. Come on down and say hi to us as we're finishing out the show here, the last half hour. Joining me live in person, NASCAR girl Summer Santana, and uh, some controversy this uh, this week in the world of NASCAR. Uh, Kevin Harvick uh, was talking about Dale Earnhardt Jr. He's basically. Uh, what did he say that uh, Harvick said it was nothing personal against Dale Earnhardt Jr. when he said on his radio show Tuesday that Earnhardt had stunted the growth of NASCAR because he is the most popular driver but not the most successful. What says you? I totally agree. And I know everyone that is listening is saying, oh, she's back, she's a junior hater, blah, blah, blah. But with him being voted popular driver year after year after year, he doesn't have very many cup championships Zero. to sit there and back that up. And given as popular of a driver as he may be, he hasn't really done much more for the fan base because a junior fan and the junior following is like a cult. 
I'm not even apologetic about I, it. I, I've, I've seen it's that a cult. In person, if Junior yes. sits there and says, eat this, a million and 14 people will eat that because Dale Jr. said so. Dale Jr. should have been doing a little bit more to sit there and spread the word about NASCAR, about the other series of racing, and about the behind-the-scenes racing and the behind-the-scenes aspect of it. So those Kool-Aid-drinking junior fans will sit there and listen and take it in and get educated a little bit more than just, oh, Junior, go Junior. Junior's going to win. Junior's the best driver. Your driver has done nothing. Nothing. On the flip side, on, I'll take a little bit of a pro-junior approach here. He's, he's done well regarding uh, promoting the sport, especially on the Xfinity side with Junior Motorsports. That's because he now, has an investment that is, in there. And that's his, his, it's, his, it's his investment. It's, that's also his sister, Kelly. Kelly's the brains behind that. But I will give I will give him that. But also... But you're telling me that he's well, with Hendrick Motorsports, and they don't have enough marketing people to sit there and shove something well, who's the into him and make him puppet talk? Who's the second most popular driver? I would say Johnson. No. Who's the second? It's not Danica? No, it's not, because it had it been Danica, she would have been able to secure a full-time ride, first of all, for next year. She's a free agent. Possibility of coming back to NASCAR are slim to none. Second of all, she would have had a full-time sponsor this year, too. Nobody is sitting there and tuning in for Danica anymore because they're over her because they realize she sucks. What well, is interesting, when she left IndyCar for NASCAR, everybody was saying, oh, boy, that's going to really hurt IndyCar, but it didn't make a dent at all in the ratings. It didn't make a dent in the ratings in NASCAR with her there. I do not miss DW going, oh, look at Danica, Danica. She's 26. She's 16 laps down. Look at her. She's leading a lap. No, she's the first car on the last lap. She's not leading a lap, DW. She's not leading. She is a loser. Well, I also mentioned about he had his uh, Earnhardt came, came back and said he had his opinions a week before on driver's salary, driver's ages, and those things. I don't know that anybody in the garage agreed with those either. Or actually, Harvick said, there's definitely opinions on uh, on a lot of things, but nothing's personal. And I didn't take it anything that he said the week before personally either. Jeff, what says you on this situation? Is this something that uh, Harvick's onto something here? Yeah, and I absolutely agree with Summer. Let me play you a quick clip from Dennis Michelson from today. I was, okay. I was disgusted by what I was hearing. Yeah. that he said because okay great you got a radio show you need to boost the ratings by doing something outrageous or saying something outrageous don't pick on dale jr don't pick on dale jr boo hoo dale jr and then to make it worse obviously kevin was you know his opinion is fine and there's nothing wrong with it and people were calling him to apologize why would you have to apologize for your opinion? He didn't right. attack Dale. He didn't say anything, uh, you know, uh, off the wall that, that was completely out of this world. But now all the cult of Junior comes out and, oh, Kevin Harvin's horrible and blah, blah, blah. But the icing on the cake was when Dale Junior comes out and said, it hurt my feelings. Are you kidding are you kidding? Grow some fuzz on the Kiwis and act like a man. Jesus. 
if that hurts your feelings, you haven't faced a whole lot of scrutiny in your golden boy life that you led. That hurt his feelings. He obviously have never listened to this show before. Absolutely. <laughs> I got. I gotta find. I gotta find a quick deal. My favorite deal. Uh, I think Kevin Harvick didn't yes. say anything that was wrong. What I think happened was that he is a current driver. He is, and he said something that was truthful. And Junior Nation hates hearing the truth because all they are drinking is the Kool-Aid. It's Junior Kool-Aid. And they think everything is rainbows and unicorns and leprechauns. And guess what? The world sucks. It's a poopy place, and that's what happens. Not everybody wins. Yeah. All right, here's my favorite Dale Earnhardt Sr. quote, who I don't think ever said it hurt my feelings. A Dale Earnhardt Sr., get the hell out of the race car if you got feathers on your legs or butt. Put a kerosene rag around your ankle so the ants won't climb up and eat that candy ass. <laughs> Boom, there you go. <laughs> now that's, Junior, that that's, is your dad. <laughs> that's a NASCAR driver. That's what we want to hear. Absolutely. And, I, you know, we all wish that Junior was a lot more like Senior because Junior obviously does not have the passion for the sport. He's using the concussion thing, in, uh, in my humble opinion, as an excuse to bail and spend his fortune. If he I, loved the sport, he would sit in that car week after week after week, year after year. Jeff, you, you weren't part of the show when I was there each week, but that was my thing. Junior doesn't have the passion. He's doing it to make other people happy because he doesn't know what makes him happy. And now all of a sudden he got married. He got Amy. I believe that yeah, that's his it's lady's Amy. We're going to blame Amy on this one. I'm not blaming Amy. I'm just <laughs> saying he has grown up now. That happens when you get a significant other. All of a sudden you grow up. Your priorities change. And all of a sudden things come into focus for however short term that may be. Or forever however long term that may be. Well, we can blame Amy. I don't think Junior was ever serious about NASCAR driving. I think he did it because his dad did it and he had no idea what else to do because he was such a mess up outside of the track and in personal life. Agree. All right. Well, that, that sums it up. I like that. Thank you, Summer Santana, NASCAR girl. When we come back, we'll be talking with Eddie Lapine from RacingNation.com. We're going to do our predictions for the weekend. You're listening to the Final Inspection Show broadcasting live from the Goose Island Ale House at State Fair Park. This is Final Inspection with Steve Zockey. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. On 105.7 FM, The Fan. And welcome back to the Final Inspection Show broadcasting live from the Goose Island Ale House at State Fair Park. Joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, it's Eddie Lapine from RacingNation.com. Welcome, welcome to the show, Eddie. Hey, how you doing, Steve? Hey, Jeff. So, Eddie Lapine came Eddie, up. how the heck are you? That's right, What's yes. going on? I haven't heard you in, like, forever. I know, and you know what? It's so good to hear your voice. It's like, but Steve puts me on with, like, 30 seconds left. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I, I get the, the back end of the show. <laughs> I see how, how he doing? treats you. I see. We're good. I'm blowing up things. Little guys wearing Dallas Cowboy outfits. You know. Ch oh, absolute child like abuse. Fun. 
being witnessed here at the Goose Island Alehouse with Packers, member of Packers swag on children being forced upon them. Eddie, Michigan, NASCAR, who's going to win? Kazowski. I like that. Oh, part. you're going with that because he's on the pole. No, no, because I just think it's, it's his time. What's the big controversy that they are not going to go ahead and wet down the track for the tires? No, What's going well, on they're, with that? They're, they're, they're rubbing the tires on there, but they're not putting the VHT traction stuff, which I don't think they have to do every single time, but hopefully the, the dragging the tires will help create a second groove. Now, Michigan has lately, the last few Michigan races, have come down to a fuel mileage race, correct? Correct. Do you think... This is going to come down to a tire and equipment. That's a good deal. question, but if it if it is, I don't think that works in Keselowski's uh, favor. I think it works into somebody like Ryan Blaney or somebody in their favor. Maybe a Martin Truex Jr. Uh, he's a straight power guy, though. He dictates the strategy. He does. He doesn't follow it. But who's your pick, Summer? I'm going to with Martin Truex Jr. Really? Yeah. I'm going to go with Chase Elliott. Oh, He's due. He has to be due one of these times. Jeff, how about you? How much time we got to? Uh, we got about two minutes. Talking about uh, being due, I'm going to go with Jamie McMurray. Ooh. Jamie McMurray? Is that he would even still racing? Up. Can you imagine Jamie McMurray making the chase and not Joey Logano? That would be, <laughs> that that would be, would be fantastic. And not Junior, because be Junior's on that bubble too, isn't he? Well, Junior's got other issues. but Are we going to do all Mid-Ohio? Can Sam Hornish win this thing? Come on, Sam. Bring this thing home. What, think, what about I you, think, Eddie? I think, it's, I think it's great to see Sam. I think I hope he wins, and uh, I'm going to pick him. And I think it's great that he does these one-offs and uh, runs so well. Penske. How about you, Summer? Sam Hornish, can he, he's in a Penske car in mid-Ohio on the road course. Can he actually win this thing? He won yeah. a race last year for Penske. and Yes. Okay. He has experience. Are we gonna, are we yes. gonna take? Uh, I'm taking Sam Hornish too. How about you, Jeff? Are we gonna go across the board, Sam Hornish? Uh, sure. Oh, I like it. <laughs> sure. That confidence level is low on that one. <laughs> yeah, very low. And we gave him the four-way jinx. So uh, don't. If you're going to the window, don't bet right. on Hornish. I'm gonna put these two on the spot here, though, Eddie. Hang on, we gotta do Knoxville Nationals. Oh my goodness gracious, yeah. Larson! All right, oh there, okay, there you go. Kyle Summer Larson. Summer takes Kyle Larson. How about you, Eddie? Shots. Donnie shots. All right, I'm gonna go yeah. with David Gravel. I'll take about, Sweet. Brad Sweet. That, that, that's that's our, not a bad those, pick. And coincidentally, those are our picks at Wilmot too, with David <laughs> Gravel and Brad Sweet. <laughs> at least we're consistent, Steve. Yeah. Make sure you put those up, please, hey, Jeff. Yes, yes, I will. Real quick, uh, real quick uh, yeah. Bubba Wallace just won the truck race. And if NASCAR was smart, I think they should go to more road courses. So oh, yeah. No. Yes. No I way. More, I think 2018, aren't they? I know I was talking with somebody, and I wasn't, how, I wasn't sure how correct they were on this fact. But they were saying about something about a road race. They were thinking in like Charlotte? Charlotte, Indianapolis, and now the guy from Pocono says, "Oh yeah, we're gonna do uh, a road course here too." 
Why all of a sudden that's pick the up case, the road race? Let's bring them back to the Milwaukee Mile or run them on the road course there. Yeah. <laughs> let's. Hey, you want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. Think about it, though. Uh, what are they getting for crowds at the Infinity races? Yeah. Infinity races. Right. Mean, think, think about what they would get for a monster race. You know, I mean, if they came to Sebring or Road Atlanta, I, I've said this for a year now, and I think NASCAR should look at it. Well, I don't but know why the trucks don't race at Road America, Eddie. That would I make don't sense. Either. Yeah. It would make total sense. So. I'd love to it, see Arca, Arca back there too. Yeah. Arca, Arca, and uh, the trucks back at Road America. Got about 20 oh, seconds, boys. And summer. All right. Arca, summer. Arca, Arca, Arca hasn't been back since the rain there. That's, yeah, that's, that's true. Problem with Arca. <laughs> well, summer. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us. It's been Thanks a lot for of fun. Me on. And uh, we look forward to having you on again maybe later in the year. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.